You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. We're going to gather back in and listen to the word. This is what changes lives. Amen. All right. I'm warning you. The best preacher in the world, Dr. John T. Holler. Yeah, she's my biggest fan. Good to see all of you today. Take a Bible and turn to Romans 14. Romans 14. I'm going to read three verses there. I'm going to skip all over the New Testament today. Chasing rabbits. I want to talk to you about the kingdom is both present and future. The kingdom of God is both present and future. And I'll show you something in the scriptures that proves that. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of the men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. The kingdom of God is boiled down to three things. Paul's doctrine says it's righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not complicated. And nothing rocket scientific about it. Nothing brain surgical about it. It's just righteousness, peace, and joy. This is the kingdom of God. It works inside our hearts, and inside our lives, inside our minds to change things on the outside. Amen. Righteousness. How is righteousness obtained? By doing good? No, that won't, that won't make you righteous. Righteousness comes one way by faith in Jesus. One way by faith in Jesus. You cannot be made righteous by doing good. Or can't be doing righteous by doing bad. <laughs> can't be made unrighteous by doing bad. The Bible says we were born in sin, conceived in sin even. So we were made unrighteous by, the, by our father Adam, which is not God's intent, of course. But it came up on us in the Garden of Eden, and God gave us a way out through Jesus. Amen. But it has to be by faith. You have to believe on, on Jesus to get this righteousness. Acts 28, I'm just running, I'm just gearing up here. Acts 28, 28 to 31, let's look at that. Acts chapter 28, verse 28. Ms. Ann, would you read that, please? Amen. Be it known, therefore, unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. This is Paul speaking to the Jews in Rome. And that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. 
Yeah. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. So he preached the kingdom in the present tense. I believe this is the preaching of the kingdom in the present tense. Paul preached righteousness, peace, and joy. He's the one who gave us the definition of what the kingdom of God was, so that was what he was preaching in Rome. Okay? Present tense kingdom is the righteousness that you enjoy, right standing with God, peace to the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of peace, about what kind of peace? Irene. It's not the word shalom. It means a personal peace, but it's, it's a kind of, it's big peace. God made heaven and earth come together. The word Irene means an end to the rage and havoc of war. That means that heaven is no longer at war with, with earth Amen. because of what Jesus did. Amen. That's good news if you ask me. Yes, and let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians 4, 20. Some more of the kingdom now. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So righteousness, peace, and joy is not in word, but in power. If righteousness, peace, and joy, Paul said, is the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy is not in word, but in power. That word power is not the word authority. It's the word for dunamis. It's the word dunamis, which means power, explosive power, strength, ready to act power. Right. So righteousness has a power in it that changes things. Peace has a power in it that changes things. And Amen. joy has a power in it that changes things. Amen. We found the, the power of joy in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Says that, it says that the Philippians gave their money to Paul. And it says there, in a, I'm not sure what verse it is, but it's, it says that he gave their, they gave their money to Paul and they were in a great trial of affliction and deep poverty and with joy they gave. Deep poverty they gave and great affliction they were under. They gave with joy and Paul said they came up with a great big offering. How that happen? How you in deep poverty and great affliction and give big? Apparently you just mix joy with it. And they did it with joy. Came up a big offering. Amen. Remember that when you give to the Gideons today. Do it with joy. Amen. So it's a power. It's a power that changes things. Now let's talk about the future kingdom. The kingdom future. First Corinthians six, Miss Anne, read that. Verse nine. Nine, ten, and eleven. First Corinthians six, nine, ten, and eleven. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, or abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. This is talking about the future kingdom. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So these already have received the kingdom because they received righteousness, peace, and joy. That comes in the sanctification, the washing, and the justified. 
part see that he's talking to people who already received the righteousness peace and joy so they already have the kingdom but he's just reminding them that there's there are there are those out there who are not going to get in not going to get into the kingdom because they won't submit to righteousness peace and joy you must have righteousness, peace, and joy working in you now before the end comes where you receive it in the end. Yeah. Colossians 4, verse 7. I'm going to stop skipping around here in just a few minutes. Colossians 4, verse 7. Read 7 through 11, Miss Anne. All my state shall tickus, tickicus this is Paul again. declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus... Onesimus was the, the slave that Paul met in Rome when he was in prison. There. A faithful and beloved brethren, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus... Hey. Sorry. Aristarchus. Yeah, whatever. My fellow prisoner, <laughs> that guy, <laughs> saluteth you and Marcus's, Marcus's sister's son to Barnabas. Touching, John Mark. It's John Mark. John Mark. Talking about. Touching whom you receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Which kingdom of God, the future, or the right now? The righteousness, peace, and joy kingdom, the right now kingdom. Right. They, they were preaching the kingdom, and the right now receiving righteousness, peace, and joy. See, now here's the future kingdom again. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. I, I was going to use all the verses that, that said the kingdom of God, but it's not very many in Paul's writings. Fifty. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Is this a future kingdom or the right now kingdom? Right now. Right now? No, it has to be the future kingdom. Oh, sorry. You're in the flesh and blood, aren't you? Yeah. Cannot receive the kingdom fully, the kingdom that is coming. It has to be a future situation if you're, if you're not going to be in the flesh and blood. See that? This aspect of the kingdom is, is future, and it's really the largest aspect of the, of the kingdom of God because we're going to be in there longer than we are here. Amen. We'll see a lot more there than we do here. How the kingdom manifests to this righteousness, peace, and joy is five things for every believer. There are five things that are, that are the habits of believers who have been made righteous by faith. Those who have righteousness, peace, and joy almost always dis demonstrate these, these five things. Anybody interested in what they are? Yeah. Yes. Oh, anybody interested in what they are? Yeah. Over here? Republicans are interested in it. Yeah. Democrats are interested in it. <laughs> okay, right, left. The daily word. First thing is the word of God on a daily basis. You get the word of God in you on a daily basis. I'm glad the Gideons are here today because this, this message needs to be heard. Yeah. You need a daily dose of the word of God. 
read it in your Bible, get it in tapes, find some way to get the Word in you somehow. It, it, not just reading the Bible, that's, that's good, but you need to meditate on it. Yeah. Take a verse with you as you go. Work on that verse all day long. If you'll, if you'll, be ti- if you'll show you love the Bible, yeah. it'll give itself to you. Yeah. If you show you love it, it'll give itself to you. I promise you, it'll open up to you. It may take a little while. It may have to woo it a little bit. Anybody know what wooing is? I wooed this girl right here, man. Oh, she wooed me, really, but we got together anyway. <laughs> wooing works. You woo the Bible like you love it, it'll, it'll come to you. It'll give itself to you. Amen. Amen. On a daily basis. Got to do it every day. Keep the Word in you. Don't take a day off. When you, when you got when you got married, didn't you, didn't you promise to be his and hers? All all the time, twenty four seven, every day. You you didn't say, oh, well, I'm going to keep that day I have with Leroy on Saturday night, if that's okay with you. No, you didn't. You gave it all to him, didn't you? Yeah. Give it all. <laughs> Luke chapter four, verses three and four. Miss Anne, let's have a look at this. Luke Luke four three and four. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the son of who, God. Who did the devil talk to here in Luke four? Jesus, yes. if thou be the Son of God. Command this stone that it be made bread. We said there are three temptations, really, really four. The first, the first line there is really the fourth temptation. It says, if thou be the Son of God. He's tempting him to think he's not. Yeah. He'll tempt right. you to think you're not too. Yeah. Anybody ever had him tempt you to think you're not saved? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You don't miss that. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that every that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Something stands out to me in this. Jesus was God in the flesh. He could have said anything. He could have come up with something. He could have come up with something new and fresh. He could have wiggled his nose, clapped his hands, done something to make the lightning flash, the, the ground rumble. He could have done anything. But he didn't do any of that. All he did was quote the same Bible you can quote. Use the same Bible. Now listen to this, listen to me. This is no little demon that comes like those that come to your house. Yeah. You say the devil's been tempting you. You never the devil don't even know your name. Yeah. The devil doesn't know your name, probably. But a devil may. A devil may know you. But the devil doesn't know you. Probably. He's too busy working on government heads. Yeah. He knows Donald Trump's name. You know, knew Barack Obama's name. That's where he le- he works. They, they're in rank and file, the Bible says. You see, the ranks for the demons. So we get these little puny demons that come to our place to mess with us. Who do you think was out here with Jesus? It was the devil with, with Jesus. The Son of God shows up, man alive. Big, de- big daddy devil went out there. And Jesus didn't have to do anything other, other especially when Jesus were fighting him. Yeah. He's the same Bible that you have to fight the big daddy devil. Yeah. If it worked for Mr. Lucifer, it'll work for little Lucifer. Yeah. Right. It'll work for all of them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It'll work for those with great authority and those with little authority. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Jesus just quoted the Bible. It's amazing to me. Romans 10, 15 through 17, Miss Ann, look at that. Romans ten fifteen through seventeen. 
And how shall they preach except they, they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Amen, the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. Good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so righteousness comes by faith, and faith comes by hearing the word. What word? Any word? No, not, not just any word. Not, not any word that's in the Bible will bring faith. The word, the word that's in the Bible that brings faith is the gospel of peace. That's what it said. The gospel of peace. The gospel of good things. Good things to come brings faith. You, you quote Jeremiah to somebody. Some of the curses that are in there. You're not going to be with faith in them. You're going to be with fear in them. The gospel is what brings faith. The gospel of Jesus Christ brings faith. You hear it. It says, it says there's a chance. There's a hope. I have a way out. I see a way out. Jesus rising from the from the dead, conquering sin, death, hell, and the grave like he did. That tells everybody everybody who hears that message, there's a hope, there's a hope, there's a hope, there's a way out, there's a way out. Did it tell you that when you, you heard it? And it did me. Yeah. Told me I had a way out. Yeah. I, could, I could get out of this mess. I could find a way to live like God in the earth. Yeah. Amen. The word here is the gospel of good things. Righteousness, peace, and joy again. I was, I'm, I'm shocked at how many how many Christians don't live by the word. Amen. I'm shocked. I teach in a Bible college. I'm shocked at how many Bible students don't live by the word. They live by some word, but not the word of God. You know, they, they, they're not evil. They're stupid, mostly. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're stupid. They're not evil. They just don't know. Are they, are they not you know, that's why they come to Bible school, I guess. Uh, but they, they come speaking all kinds of things that aren't scriptural. They speak all kinds of things that aren't scriptural. They talk like they shouldn't talk. They think like they shouldn't think. I was struck one time by this. I hadn't told this story here a long time, but I, most of you heard it, I think. But the little blonde cocker spaniel that Miss Ann had me buy. She went and bought a little blonde cocker spaniel. She, we'd been looking for one back 25 or 30 years ago when we were raising kids. And I'm from Thackerville, you know, and you just don't buy pets <laughs> in, in, in the farm, you know. We, <laughs> pets, if you drag your tractor over your favorite pet, you don't even have time to stop and mourn him. He's turning the tractor around and go over him again. He's buried now. <laughs> you know, it's, that's the way it, you, you don't have time. You got to work. Never would buy a pet. But that's the way it is on the farm life. Who knows about farm life? You know about farm life, lady? Please tell me. I believe that every farmer ought to go to heaven, especially every Oklahoma farmer ought to go to heaven. You got downright shame to farm all your life and go to hell, too. <laughs> But we just uh, kept looking and kept looking in the paper, and she found she found one in the newspaper. She brought this paper to me, and she said, "Look, look here, John. I found we were running five hundred dollars, two hundred fifty to five hundred dollars with these little dogs." I said, "I can't, I can't give two hundred fifty dollars for a dog, much less five hundred. She showed up one day with a paper and marked around 
fifty dollars. Blind Cracker Spaniel said, "Full blood, not registered." I said, "Ann, they can say full blood, but if they're not registered, you don't know they're full blood." She said, "Well, I don't care. It may not may not be full blooded, but I, I, if it looked the part, I'll take them. Fifty dollars." So we went over to this guy's house. He said, "Yeah, I come around back." We went around back his house. Had a regular menagerie back there in the back. Had every kind of animal you could imagine that, that, that can live in Texas. I mean, they had, had them all back there. Had a, had goats and sheep and chickens and guinea hens and chickens and and a, and a let's say lamb and chicken and a Shetland pony and chickens. <laughs> had lots of chickens, <laughs> cats and every kind of animal. Rabbits had rabbits over there in the cage. He said, the dogs are over here. So he went over to a little car, um, plyboard box he'd built under the chicken coop. <laughs> he pulled it open. He stuck his body in there and started handing out baby, baby blonde cocker spaniels to Miss Ann. She had them all lined up. There about seven of them, if I remember right. She, she put them out there and she lined them all up. They looked like a little beauty contest, you know. <laughs> she said, which one do you like? I said... Which one do you think is the prettiest? I said, they're just twins over and over and over. Get one. I don't care. Just a dog. She, said, she picked one up. She said, I think this one has the cutest face. I said, if you say so. So we took him home. Named her Buffy. Named her, named her Buffy. I didn't let anybody know that I named her the dog Buffy. <laughs> I always had names like Jack and Killer, you know. <laughs> Buffy. Kids played with her all evening. Played with her little dog all evening, and we had a good time with her. We all went to bed, put her in the, put her in her box, and turned out the lights. I was awakened at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning with this sound. Oh. I sat straight up in my bed. I said, what is that? <laughs> Looked up her hands up, too. What is that? She said, I don't know. Here it came again. Oh. I said, what is that? She said, it's that puppy. I said, crowing like a rooster? <laughs> Man, I knew they weren't full of blood, but I didn't know you could cross them with chickens. You know what I mean? I didn't know. <laughs> But anyway, I jumped out of bed, ran down, ran down the hallway, and ran in there, and that little dog had her nose sticking up toward the air, praising God. Oh! I said, stop that, you dog. Stop that. You're not supposed to be howling like a, crowing like a rooster, especially before the sun up. And uh, we, we showed all of our friends that come over and watch her. We'd play with her for a little bit and stick her in her closet and shut the light off. Okay, she'd start, she'd start crowing again. <laughs> I had one friend said, you, be, you really got took on that deal, didn't you? I said, well, now that she goes laying eggs, I didn't. <laughs> she never laid any eggs. Anyway, <laughs> but it was a silly thing to see a dog crow like a rooster. But yeah, she did. But you know, after about two weeks, she quit. It smoothed out. 
just went, oh, she's still house. I'm going to go straight up and straight down, you know, not wiggling around at the top. Oh, it's like every, every dog house sometimes. She did. And I, I noticed I never had to give her one howling lesson. Come here, Buffy, let me show you how to do this, right? Oh, now you try. You do, you do it now. I never had to do that even one time. It was in there to do it. All she needed to do was to be removed from the from the wrong kind of friends. Hanging out with the wrong kind of people. You talk like you, your environment talks. That's why the Bible says, out of the issue of the heart, the heart come the issues of life, so you guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with the Word of God. That's how you do it. That's how you walk in the Spirit by the Word of God. Keep you walking like you, you are a spirit man. You are a spirit. You live in a body. You ought to act like a spirit, like God's spirit. Amen. You can do that with the Word of God. You can retrain your mind to think like God thinks. Anybody have any trouble with your mind? Nobody has any trouble with your thoughts? You're all lying to me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you have trouble with your thoughts. Everybody does. We all do. But that's not where you, where you really live. You live in the Spirit. You are a spirit. And you have the Spirit's Word now in the, in the Word of God. You, but if you get it in your mouth, you'll stop choking when the preacher says something about money. <laughs> something about faithfulness. Something about church attendance. Something about witnessing. Prayer. Heard that heard pastor say, we had to give, we were supposed to give 10% of our money. Oh, wait a minute. You, you went back to howling, didn't you? Went back to crowing, I mean. Acts chapter 3, Miss Ann. Acts 3. First thing is the Word of God on a regular basis. Verse what? Acts 3, verse 1, read the first eight verses. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered in, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising, praising God. Praising God. Amen. So, this happened not in an unusual way. happened in an ordinary way. An unusual event happened from an ordinary occurrence. He said that Peter and John went up to pray at the common hour of prayer. Their habit was to go to prayer. They just went to prayer. They're on their way to pray at the, 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 at the hour of prayer. The hour when the Jews came together to pray, they went. 
It's something they did all the time. It's their habit. Habit of prayer. You know how many times they'd gone to pray every day? Nothing happened. Pray for a month, nothing happened. Pray for a year, maybe nothing happened. But one day, something happened. Something happened big. See what I mean? But without the habit of prayer, you miss the extraordinary days. You can miss the extraordinary days if you miss the, the habit. Get in the habit of prayer. And God will give you extraordinary days. You may have to pray for many days without any seeing anything. You keep praying. Keep praying. Say, tell, tell your friends, keep praying. Tell somebody on your row over there next to you, pray, keep praying. Our third thing is regular fellowship. Let's look at this, Miss Ann. Hebrews 10. This is going to be shocking to some of you. I hope I don't blow you away with this, but it's, it's in the Word of God. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Read on. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Can you see the day approaching, the last day approaching? Can you see it? I see it every day in the news. It's approaching. It's coming. He said all the more as you see the day approaching. What, what, is it, what are you supposed to do all the more? Go to church. Go to church. That's what it says. Yeah. Not forsaking this of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more that as you see the day approaching. For verse twenty-six. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice. Wait a minute. For wait a minute. Sins. Wait a minute. Why is this verse right there? As some kind of explanation about not going to church. For. For is it a commentary on what he just said? Has yeah. to be. Yeah. Every every commentary starts with four almost on what he just said. He's telling he's, what he means by standing in church. Laying out of church is willful sin. This too deep. He got real quiet. Got really quiet. Well, you, you don't have to. You don't have to duck. You're here. He said, "Willful sin." You know, I, I had people ask me, "What is willful sin?" Oh, I think I've committed willful sin, and I can't be forgiven. That's the way it makes it sound. That's not what this is saying. You can be forgiven for anything. You can be forgiven for anything. Let's ask Greg. See, he can be, <laughs> be forgiven for anything. <laughs> yeah, you can. Right, Greg. Amen. You can be forgiven for for anything. What is he talking about then? This this fearful looking forward to something that judgment. He's saying if you're not in church, you not not don't have access to the blood. That's what he's saying. It remains no sacrifice for sin. Meaning, meaning he's talking to the Hebrews here. Meaning there's no sacrifice done at the temple that'll do you any good anymore. That, that's all done done away with. Won't work to get to get your forgiveness and cleansing someplace other than the body of Christ. Why? 
Because the blood is what cleanses, and the blood is flowing right here in this place right here today. I, he keeps his blood in his body just like you, you keep your blood in your body. That's what it meant in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, we've got to back up to verse 7. 1 John 1, 7 and 8 and 9. Read that. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. With each other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. See, the blood is in the body where it belongs. It's in heaven and it's on earth. It's in our spiritual life. It flows spiritually through the body of Christ. And that's why when you come to church, you leave feeling so clean. It's, a, it's, an, un, it's an undescribable thing. The body of Christ is cleansing just by being in church. And with God's people, it's a, it's a forceful thing, a powerful thing. Amen. Say the blood is in the body. Say it. The blood is in the body. Amen. Now, the fourth thing is regular witnessing. Remember those who have righteousness, peace, and joy, what the kingdom is? Simple. You have a spiritual expression of God through the Word of God in you daily, daily, regular prayer. Fellowship in, in the church, regular witnessing. Witnessing. That's what the Gideons do best. They witness. They witness with their with their lives, getting those Bibles out. It's a great, great witnessing ministry. Tell the world that there is a God who loves you. Tell the world that there is a God who who wants you in his family, wants you with him forever. It's not hard to witness somebody. Walk up to any stranger and say, I'm praying for folks. God sent me out here today to pray for people. If there's anything you need to pray for, almost anybody will accept prayer. Then yeah. you can tell them that, about the things you've seen God do for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's what a witness is. A witness doesn't have no, no theology, doesn't have to know the Bible, just has to know what God did, has done for them. Yeah. You have to witness to God's goodness in you. You're a witness. That makes you a witness. Right. You are a witness if you never say anything. Maybe a reluctant witness, but you, <laughs> you, you can witness if you say it. If you've, if you've experienced it, Elisha found himself in a fix one time. King of Syria was trying to trap the king of Israel. He'd go one place to trap him, and Elisha would tell the king of Israel that the Syrian king was coming to get him. He'd get away. He did this numerous times. Never got. Never was the king of Syria able to catch the king of Israel. And somebody said the king of Syria thought he had a leaker, thought he had a mole in his ranks, you know. He got angry and said, I'm going to kill some people if I don't find out who's doing this. And uh, a servant of the king said, no, that's not that. Elisha, the prophet's telling the king what's going on in your bedroom. What you say in your bedroom, he tells the king of Israel. How many know this story? Second Kings chapter 6. So he sent some people after Elisha. They, th they estimated 100,000 after Elisha. That's what they estimated. One theologian dead. He said if he, if he surrounded the whole city with, with horses and chariots, 
had to be a huge crowd. It filled the valley full of horses and chariots, soldiers, to get one man. And it came after Elisha. One man. These guys were full of fear, weren't they? Yeah. Full of fear. One guy sent 100,000 men or so after him. And his little servant ran in and said, My master, my master, my father, my father, what, how shall we do? What are we going to do about this? Elisha stepped forward and said, Don't worry. They that be with us are more than they would be with them. I see this little guy go, Okay, let me see here. 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. I got 95,000, Doc. <laughs> One, two. <laughs> and all Elisha had to say was, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. He was looking at, at them. His eyes were closed. What eyes were closed? You have two sets of eyes. You know yeah. that. How these eyes that you're looking at and the eyes on the inside. You can see the things of God and spiritual eyes have to be open. That's how you get it. That's how you get people to open their eyes by telling them about Jesus. Yeah. Make them aware of the spirit world. There's a different world. And when he opened his eyes, he said the angels of God and the chariots of fire were all around the mountaintops ready to do battle for them. So Elisha says, Lord, blind their eyes. The whole army went blind. He walked down there to them, to, 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 to the captain and said, you're going the wrong way, follow me. He took him right into, the, in, in the, into <laughs> Samaria. It's a great story. Anyway, you can open somebody's eyes by telling them about Jesus. He is the link between the natural world and the spirit world. He's the only link there is between the natural and the spirit world. You hear me? The gospel makes that possible. Get people's eyes open to the truth. Amen. And the fourth thing I want to talk to you about is the fifth thing. The last one is regular giving and tithing. Lock the doors. <laughs> First Corinthians 9, verse 1. I'm almost finished. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1. Just start reading, Miss Anne. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord, and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges, who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? 
For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we reap Isn't your carnal thing. things. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. No, listen to this. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. In the same way. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. How does that stuff get into the temple? In, in the Old Testament. How did the finances get into the temple? Through the tithes and offerings of the, of the saints. Paul said the same way. Those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel through the tithes and offerings of the saints. I didn't write this. I just found it. Now, one more, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Galatians 6, 6 through 9. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And here comes the regular part of giving. Read, read that. Next. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There's a scripture in, uh, in Ecclesiastes that says, Sow your seed in the morning, and the afternoon. For you do not know which shall prosper, either this or that, meaning either the morning seed or the evening seed, or whether they both shall alike be good. That shocked me the first time I read that. As I said, uh, there's another option in Oklahoma. Anybody know what the third option is in Oklahoma? Uh, nothing worked. We saw it here in the Dust Bowl days. We sowed the seed in the morning, sowed the seed in the evening, nothing worked. But with God, He makes that not an impossibility. Given to God's work, God's kingdom, either the morning seed or the evening seed is going to produce, or they both may be good. He writes out the option of nothing working. Get God on your side. You're always a success. Amen. You're always a successful in God. But you have to do it regularly. Keep it up. Keep Stay with it. Because that's how we have a church here. That's how we have prosperity in the family of God too because you sow seeds that reap harvests. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> you sow seeds and you reap a harvest. Amen. Amen. Now Father, I thank you today for this word that you brought us that we can live our lives strong, be witnesses, live our lives in fellowship, live our lives in giving to your kingdom and seeing, seeing our own finances prosper because of
Thank you, Lord, that you call us to read the Word every day, hear the Word every day, and meditate upon the Word every day, and to pray to stay connected to you in strong ways. Thank you, Father, for this Word today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.